Welcome to the Women's Health Wisdom and Wine podcast, a weekly conversation with practitioners, providers, patients, and healers about complex reproductive medicine and women's health challenges, the value of an integrative approach to these challenges, many of the women's health topics you're already thinking about but uncomfortable talking about, and my personal favorite, wine. I'm your host, Dr. Lorena White, an integrative reproductive medicine and women's health provider, licensed acupuncturist, clinical herbalist, and a former labor support doula in the Washington, D.C. metro area. My goal is to bring women's health-specific evidence and expertise to the forefront of daily health and wellness news through informative conversations. If you have ideas, questions, and specific topics that you would like us to cover in future podcast episodes, please leave them in the comment section or send us an email. To learn more, visit the website at www.larinawhite.com. As you enjoy the podcast, conversations, and wine time, please remember that this podcast is not designed to be a substitute for a bona fide relationship with a licensed or certified healthcare professional. Welcome, welcome, welcome back. As we close the end of the year, and many of you have just completed making your healthcare elections as part of open enrollment, it's important to know that just because you chose a provider doesn't mean you are obligated to stay with that provider. We're enabling many of the providers that are doing harm to us. Whether it's the microaggressions or something more egregious, give yourself permission to change providers. The more often we do this, the less often another woman is hurt, or worse, damaged by a provider. In the same vein, spread the word about providers and practitioners that are doing good work. Many times these providers and practitioners are doing the work, keeping their heads down and handling business, not waiting for accolades or recognition, but showing up for all of us who are in need of a genuine, bona fide partner and advocate in our healthcare decisions. They deserve our recognition and acknowledgement and the best way to do that is to make a referral. Last week, we talked about the difference between curing and healing and the importance of finding a provider who not only knows the difference, but also has experience facilitating healing your specific condition. This week, we continue with three more questions that you need to ask your OBGYN, whether you're trying to conceive, pregnant, or perimenopausal. The response you receive will provide a ton of insight into whether the person you're partnering with on your health and wellness decisions is the one for you. So let's get to it. Question number two, what are your thoughts about hysterectomies? A hysterectomy is a permanent, irreversible removal of your womb. There is still a gross misconception that the uterus is merely a reproductive organ and is somehow disposable if childbearing is no longer of interest to you. Do you really need a hysterectomy? Only about 10% of the annual hysterectomies performed in the U.S. are for cancer treatment and are considered potentially life-saving. For most women, a hysterectomy is an elective rather than a medically necessary procedure. More than 2,000 hysterectomies are performed each year for uterine fibroids, and treatment is not always warranted. When uterine fibroids become problematic, whether that be abdominal distension, severe pain, heavy bleeding or blood loss during menstruation, 
or significantly affecting quality of life, there is an obvious need for intervention. However, the mere presence of fibroids is not a sufficient reason to have your womb removed. In most cases, fibroids stop growing or shrink with menopause due to the decrease in hormonal influence. So if you haven't found complete relief from your symptoms after trying pharmaceutical medication or undergoing minimally invasive procedures, you may want to wait and see if your symptoms improve if you are close to menopause before choosing to have a hysterectomy. However, watchful waiting is not a viable option for you if you are miserable. You have choices and there are many options and alternatives to consider before undergoing a hysterectomy and these options depend on the root problem causing the symptoms. Yet many of these options fail to address the root cause of the underlying condition. Wasn't that the original goal though? Not every woman will feel better after a hysterectomy. For example, many women falsely believe that endometriosis can be cured through having a hysterectomy, yet this isn't always true. Why? Because endometriosis isn't solely confined to the uterus. So before agreeing to have your womb removed, learn about all the treatment options, even the ones that your gynecologist does not recommend or avidly endorse. Moving on to question three. Sometimes what's not said is just as important as what is. Another question to consider asking pertains to birth control. Birth control seems to be a cure-all for many gynecologists. What do you think? If you watch TV of any sort, you repeatedly see commercials glamorizing the use of birth control, especially pills. Admittedly, commercials acknowledge the side effects and the real short-term, mid-range, and long-term effects on women's bodies are rarely discussed other than in general terms, glossing over the most severe reactions and repercussions. Simply put, birth control hormones are endocrine disruptors and in my opinion are slow-acting poisons. The effects of this rampantly prescribed group of drugs are harmful, unacceptable, and long-lasting, even once a woman stops taking them. Many women are surprised to know that it may take months for the effects of long-term birth control to wear off. Simultaneously, your endogenous hormones aren't functioning optimally either, so this is where it can get messy. Birth control pills are referred to as hormonal contraception. However, the toxicology site at the NIH, the National Institutes of Health, describes birth control pills as endocrine disruptors, not hormones. See y'all, I wasn't making this stuff up. You can call a piece of glass a diamond, but it's not. It's still glass. Synthetic endocrine disruptors act like endogenous biological hormones in some ways, and the outcomes are completely different. Think of it like this. Water and gasoline are both liquids, but you wouldn't put water in your automobile, expecting it to accelerate when you pass the gas pedal, would you? These synthetic substitutes disrupt women's natural hormone production, taking away their inherent and necessary rhythms for the purpose of avoiding pregnancy. And creating pregnancy challenges is precisely what they do, long after a woman desires. There is a growing body of data to support the conclusion that the use of birth control pills is at the root of much of the global female disease epidemic, which includes the decrease in development of strong bones, negative systemic effects on the gut, brain, and immune system, and vaginal and bladder damage. Even though endocrine disruptors like DES, diethylstilbestrol, have been taken off the market, the overall lessons have not been learned. The consequences of birth control pills can be very subtle and take years to unfold. Symptoms often take so long to develop, similar to poisons like smoking, asbestos, and air pollution, 
that the initial cause is often missed. Educate women that we can be vibrant and healthy without endocrine disruptors ruling our lives. Effective contraceptive options are needed and sacrificing our health cannot continue to be an acceptable option in the meantime. Last one, question number four. Similar to question two, organ removal may have to be revisited, especially when this is the sole option that is presented. Asking, is organ removal the answer to everything? Am I really better off without parts of my reproductive system? Or better help you distill what your provider's aims are in terms of your health, wellness, and healing. Female hysteria was at one time an official medical diagnosis for women who had symptoms including, but not limited to, anxiety, shortness of breath, fainting, nervousness, sexual desire, insomnia, fluid retention, abdominal bloating, irritability, loss of appetite for food or sex, sexually aggressive behavior, and a tendency to cause trouble for others. Did you catch that? A hysterectomy was basically warranted for low libido, healthy libido, PMS, perimenopausal symptoms, and pretty much being a problem for men to deal with. These women were forced to enter an insane asylum or undergo a hysterectomy as treatment. The surgical removal of parts of your reproductive system is more than just the physical procedure. There are important psychological, social, and cultural repercussions that are often admitted for the hysterectomy conversation. Based on the person, a uterus can signify so many things, a sense of self, gender identity, sexual prowess, fertility, even desirability. Many women are not told about what post-hysterectomy life will look like. We stress that women are different from each other in various ways and do not respond similarly to the same medical procedure. For these reasons, a hysterectomy may be appropriate for one person and actually contraindicated for another. People's knowledge about reproductive health is limited, and so is their knowledge about the consequences of organ removal. As women's health providers, it is our responsibility to fill in the knowledge gaps while educating ourselves about options that may not perfectly align with our education and training, and yet are viable modalities used to address specific conditions. Misinformation and disinformation gives rise to patients surrendering to unnecessary procedures. If a provider's only solution or suggestion to your condition is surgical removal of your reproductive organs, except in the specific cases of cancer and other life-threatening conditions, find a different provider. Remember to ask questions and talk to different types of practitioners. Listen for the facts as to how people are truly living without their reproductive organs, and then and only then make an educated decision that is right for you. Take a look at the show notes for more information about links to the website, contact information, and social media channels. We really hope you enjoyed our conversation today. Think about one gem you can take away from this episode and apply it to your own life. Also, please take a moment to like the episode, subscribe to the channel, comment, and share with your family, friends, and colleagues. Till we meet again, remember to nourish your flourish and see you real soon. Salud!